0: Amen. God's good, isn't he? Amen. He's a good God all the time. Praise the Lord. If you got your Bibles, turn to Second uh, Timothy chapter 2. I want to just give you just a little bit of what I feel like the Lord's placed in my heart. And uh, trust that the Lord would minister to us tonight in a special way. Aren't you glad that we are on the Lord's side? Man, I'm, I'm telling you. I, I was reading in Joshua where it said, you know, choose this day whom you shall serve. He said, "But for me and my house, I, I I choose to serve the Lord." Life is constantly about choices, and uh, we either make right choices or we make wrong choices. But every day we make choices, and uh, I, I love uh, Paul writing to Timothy. Uh, it's it, it just it sometimes it just blows my mind the man that Paul was in the New Testament I find a man that was a a great man the Bible says that Paul felt like that uh, he was a chief of sinners but yet he wrote two thirds of the New Testament and he was a very powerful man very humble in so many ways but also very bold in so many ways and uh He's always instructing somebody. He always was trying to teach them to do better. Even while in prison, he was telling Timothy things. And man, I just get so astonished when I think about how Paul worried not so much about the men that he was trying to teach, but he was worried about the gospel getting out. He was worried about spreading the, the good news. And so he told Timothy and everybody's heard it before and it's a very familiar scripture but I'm gonna try to tie it in tonight in a way that hopefully we can understand and and uh, realize where our faith at is in Christ and what what commission God has for us and what we're to be about the Father's business. In chapter one it says, you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the thing that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Always worried about somebody. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one entangles himself in the welfare of entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier man we can go to a lot of different directions but I'll, I'll, I just want to bring out a few points tonight before we pray I uh, I remember I was a boy that was raised up in St. Louis City I was what you'd call a city slicker and uh, I was uh, a kid that was a good kid in a lot of ways but very mischievous in a lot of other ways I was up and down the streets at night and now my mom worked nights so she didn't know what we was doing and my dad was doing other things he probably shouldn't be doing but I, I always knew about when to come home because I knew about when dad would be there. Mom, I didn't have to worry about her because she worked overnights. And actually, I was more afraid of my mom than my dad because she whooped harder. And when she whooped, she didn't care what she grabbed. You know, there ain't no such thing as belts. There could be a soda bottle or there's a switch off a tree, but when she did it, you knew it. My dad threatened a lot, but didn't do a whole lot. But I remember that uh, I went to high school and every time I went to high school, I'd get in a fight. I I graduated eighth grade and my uh, eighth grade, uh, the last year of the eighth grade, I sat out in the hall for a whole semester because I got into too many fights. And so when I went to high school, I found myself doing the same thing. I was getting in the fight after fight. So I decided that wasn't the trip for me. So uh, I talked to somebody some one day and they said, Hey, son, have you ever thought about joining the Army? And boy, that was good. Because I like men in uniform. I thought they were somebody. And so I thought, You know what? I'll just join me, join me the old Army and wear me an outfit. And... Uh, so I remember my mom and dad had to go down there and they had to sign the paper for me to join the United States Army. In there for six years, but I, I remember they signed me to go in. My mom took me on a bus to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. She left me at the bus station to get on a bus, and you're talking about the loneliest kid in the world. I was so lonely. I I my mom she waved at me as that bus was driving down the road and I thought oh Jesus what did I do (laughs) I thought Lord what did I just do to myself and I found out that when I got to boot camp man I was in processing what they call processing down there for a week man it was pretty gravy they just gave you your shots and you ate and you just ratchet jaw and talk back and forth to one another and, you know, they're doing dental work and checking you out and all that and stuff. and But boy, come the week to go to the barracks. I'll never forget it as long as I did live. Here I am, green behind the ears, 17-year-old boy. And all of a sudden, I get on a cattle truck with about 150 other boys. Now, we're talking about cattle trucks. I get on that cattle truck, and there's about 150 others out there. And we're all carrying our duffel bags. And there's a little midget, drill sergeant, had one of those Smoky Bear hats on. And he's sitting there, and he's just observing everybody on that bus. And we're just talking, just cutting up and carrying on. Bear with me. I'll get somewhere. (laughs) And I promise you, we stopped somewhere where our barracks was going to be. And I never heard so much foul language in all my life come out of that little drill sergeant. He said, you got 10 seconds to get out of this truck and nine seconds is up. And you talking about 150 boys trying to go through one door as a sight to behold. But we finally made it out and we did. There was a drill sergeant on every corner and one in between. They made us run around that barracks two or three times before we can even stop. And I found out then I was no longer my own that somebody owned me and it was Uncle Sam. I found out then that I couldn't just say, hey, I'm tired of this. I'm just going to go home. I found out then that I had some enduring that had to be done. I found out then that I had to do things that I thought I'd never do. One of the first things I ever taught my kids to do before they even left home or ever begin to leave home is to make a bed. Because that's where I first found out how to make a bed. And a quarter better drop on that bed and bounce. So I learned a lot of things in the Army. And one of them was that That I no longer own myself. My mom and dad don't own me. Nobody owns me, but the U.S. Army owns me. They tell me when to get up, when to go to bed. They tell me when to eat and when not to eat. They tell me what to do and what not to do. They tell me how many laps to run, and I run those laps. They tell me how many uh, drills I do, and I do the drills. They tell me how many push ups I do, and I do the push ups. I walked out of the uh, uh, barracks one day and uh, the chow hall one day and I mean, I didn't step four steps and all of a sudden I found out that I didn't have my head on my head. Lieutenant over there in the corner, soldier, put that hat on. Yes, sir. Boy, I grabbed that hat and flapped it on my head. Well, wouldn't you know that little midget drill sergeant just happened to be there. You don't have a first name, you only have a last name. He said, Burton, get over here and I ran over there to him. Yes, drill sergeant. What did that lieutenant tell you? Oh, sir, he told me to put my hat on. (laughs) I had my weapon in my hand, and your weapon cannot touch the ground. He made me get down and do 25 push-ups with that weapon not touching the ground. I had to lay it on my arms. I I remember doing those 25 push-ups, and I said, Request permission to get up, drill sergeant. He said, Request denied. And so I found myself. In the front leaning rest until I had no more power to give and I fell flat on my face, he said, get up. One thing I found out about the army, they'll try to break you down to just see how much you can take. And can I tell you tonight, church, I can go on and tell you a lot of things that happened. I can tell you a lot of things that transpired in them six years and what I went through. But I'm going to tell you what, right now it made a man out of me. I found out one thing that I knew what it was like to be a soldier. I knew that if I would ever go to war, I I could handle that war because they prepared me. And Jesus simply said to, uh, Paul said to Peter, endure hardness as a good soldier. One thing about this that we're in tonight, we're in an all-out war. You can look through the Old Testament from the New Testament and you'll see where Battle after battle was wrought as God being the great leader. And Paul said, listen, Timothy, one thing you got to do, you got to endure hardness tonight. There's going to be things that's going to happen. There's going to be things that's going to take place, but you can't give up or give in. He said, don't let the affairs of this life entangle you. Could I tell you when I was in the Army, I didn't know nothing that was going on basically on the outside other than what my mom was doing or my uh, sisters was doing. Uh, I didn't know the affairs of the life that was happening. I didn't know what was going on in Papa Bluff. I didn't know what was happening in St. Louis because I was in the Army. I knew everything that was happening there. My mind was fixed upon being a soldier. And we serving Christ tonight, you know what our minds are to be fixed upon? Serving Christ. Enduring this gospel as a good soldier. Not letting the affairs of this world get a hold of us. Not letting the things of this life endure or get a hold of us and drag us down. See, everything, 24-7 is what I learned in the Army. I got up at 4 a.m., And I made my bed before I even left my room. I got up many a times in the middle of the night and had to do drills. But they was teaching me something. And this Bible is teaching us something tonight. It's telling us that there's things that's going to happen. Brother Miller hit the nail right on the head. There's there's dark days happening. There's things that's going to transpire. There's things that's been going on probably that you and I have never seen before. And there must be some enduring. There's hardship, but there must be some enduring. But I can tell you, there, the, but the, the, the reward is coming, church. I'm telling you, when, when, when it come, I was in, uh, up there for 16 weeks, man. I'm telling you, my family, they come up there to my graduation. I, I You talking about if I had a chest, I was strutting it. I was, I was wanting them to see me in my outfit. See me with my tie, my, 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 my outfit on, me sitting there at attention, me looking good. And, and I was proud that I just accomplished something. I knew that I had made it through basic training. There was a lot of boys that didn't make it. They didn't have the endurance. There was some of them, the drill sergeants, I remember as sure as the day is long. When they put me in a room and there was too many guys, that drill sergeant looked at me and said, Burton, come here. And I said, yeah. And that was the wrong thing to say, Yeah. And he looked at me, he said, boy, he said, you're mine for the next few weeks and I'm going to break you out of this place. And that drill sergeant, every time he's seen me, Burton, 25 push push-ups, Burton this, Burton that, but he tried to break me. I'd be running. He'd say, can't you run faster, Burton? Yes, drill sergeant. I can run. (laughs) I'd run. I mean, I'd do everything, try to please him, but it wasn't no pleasing him. But at the end of it, he said, son, I had to do everything I did, but I wanted you to be a good soldier. And so, man, so many stories that goes in my mind. But I think about Joshua, how he said, choose this day whom you're going to serve. Joshua said, listen, I'm dying. In chapter 24, Joshua said, listen, I'm leaving. I'm dying. And there's time for you to make a decision. There's time that you need to make a decision. Things are going to happen. Things are transpiring. Things are taking place. So it's time to make a decision. If if you want to do evil, then do evil. But if you want to do good, serve the Lord. And you know what that generation told them? Said, Joshua, we no doubt about it. No denying it. We want to serve the Lord. But then the Bible goes on later and says that, that there was a generation after Joshua died they didn't even know the Lord. Somewhere along a line they stopped enduring. Somewhere along the line they stopped being a good soldier. And I thought about how that in the army of the Lord a good soldier knows how to pray. In serving God A good soldier knows how to battle evil. I thought about in the army of the Lord, a good soldier knows that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but that they are mighty through God of pulling down strongholds. There's endurance that must be done. There's there's prayer and intercession that must be done. There's, there's, there's endurance. I mean, when, when, you know, Paul also must have loved sports because he talked about boxing. So he must have been a somewhat of a sport enthusiast in those days because he talked about no man just beateth into the wind. So he tried to give a lot of examples to young men and young women and and men of old and men of like to endure some things. He said there's going to come time when men no longer will listen to sound doctrine. I read an article the other day of Big Baptist Church in, don't get me wrong, but I think somewhere in Los Angeles or California, one of the, I know they're the same place, but uh, <laughs> somewhere in, in, in California that now there, he and his board and his organization has sided with, Maybe it's not so wrong as we thought it was to abort babies. Somewhere along the line, I'm reading something every day. Somewhere every day where pastors are caving in to the world so they don't get the pressure of what society's trying to give them. But Jesus said if you're going to be a good soldier, you've got to endure hardness. Peter and them said, who should we obey? You rather than God. There's going to come a time, church, where you're going to, your back is going to be to the wall and you're going to have to stand up for what you believe in. It's easy now because we've had it easy, but when it gets rough and the road gets hard and it gets really enduring, will there be, and there is, and, I, and I, me and Brother Miller's talked about this, there is a shifting that's taking place. The terror and the weeps are really starting to be separated. We're living in that society where things are starting to separate. You're going you're gonna to be like Joshua. As far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're coming to a time if we're not prayed up, read up, and fed up with his word, then we're going to uh, uh, find ourselves weak, anemic, but I find that when I pray and I seek God and I intercede and I get on my knees or I'm in my car and I pray and I begin to uh, speak in tongues or I just begin to uh, talk to that name that's above every name, I begin to find that there's a spirit, an inner man inside of me that begins to well up. Then I feel like I can run through a troop and leap over a wall because there's something about filling yourself up in the spirit. There's something about when you intercede. in church, we're coming to a time where we got to intercede and we've got to seek God more than ever before. Because if it's right, things ain't looking so good. If a lot of the prophecies that's out there today, and I don't buy into a lot of them. But if some of them is right, then there's something that's headed our way. I have a friend that pastors a church in Fredericktown. And he called a pastor that had been on the Internet and all this and talked to his board member about some of the dreams that this guy's had. And the board has confirmed that they're all true and that he keeps having dreams. Now, I don't know if it's true or not. And frankly, I don't go by that. I go by what God's word says. But there's a lot of voices out there today. But there's only one voice that matters. And if we don't have a hearing here to hear what the spirit is saying to the church, we're going to miss some things. And I believe that ever before that God is speaking to the church, it's now. I believe that if God is ever speaking to a body of believers, whether it's individually or whether it's corporately as we are, I believe it's now. I believe if we are ever in a turning point in America, I believe it's now. I don't believe it's gloom and doom because I believe the church is still here. And I believe as long as we're here, everything's going to be all right. It may not be as like we always had it, but it's going to be all right because the church is still here. And we sometimes think that things are bad and things are gloomy and things aren't looking well. And we know that they ain't first time ever in the history probably of United States of America. Churches all across America was shut down. Churches right now in California, a lot of them being fined five and $10,000 every week because they're still holding services in the land of the free and the home of the brave, in a place that we have freedom of speech, in a place where we have the rights to say, I'm going to serve my God. Now we see that those things are slowly trying to be tucking away from the church. But I say let God arise and every man be a liar. Because I believe that when God has to arise and take care of the situation, he's going to. I believe that when God says enough is enough, he's going to take care of it. And whether we're here or we're not, whether we get to see it or we don't get to see it, I believe that we are very well the last of the last generation. And I believe that very well we could be that generation that could see the coming of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but more than anything, I want to endure hardness as a good soldier. I want to obey what the Spirit is trying to say to the church. I want to obey what God is trying to tell us in this hour that we're living in. 2020 has been a a year. But I'm thankful that God is still in control. Would you stand with me tonight? I had a few more things I want to say, but I just keep talking. But as enduring as a good soldier, folks, we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. I am a soldier in God's army. Remember that song? Used to be a song years ago that, but I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I won't give up and I won't give in. But I'm going to endure to the end because I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Listen, I remember when I was in boot camp, they made us crawl under barbed wire while they was shooting m 16s over our head. And the drill sergeant said, if you stand up, you're going to get killed. And they told us that there had been men that had stood up and jumped up through a fear and got killed. When I was in the, uh, uh, a little, little shell of a place, the drill sergeant handed me a grenade and he said, you pull that and when you pull it, one, two, three, you throw it. And if you drop it in here, if it don't kill me, I'm going to kill you. He was preparing me if I ever had to go to war. If I ever had to go to war, they was letting me know bullets streaming over your head is real. They was letting you know that those M16s and that bullet you hear woozing past you is not fake bullets, but they're real bullets. Can I tell you tonight, church, Jesus said that the enemy, the devil, is real. He said, this ain't no game. There's an enemy. There's an adversary after your soul. But as far as me and my house, I choose to serve the Lord. I choose to say that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So what I'd like for us to do tonight, if you would, just make your way up to the front, and we're just going to pray. I I want to pray, and I I realize that every time we come on Wednesday nights, we incite and we give a little bit of what we'd like to do, but this is something that we just start here, but it don't end here.